0: Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and you're listening to the Catechism in a Year podcast, where we encounter God's plan of sheer goodness for us, revealed in Scripture and passed down through the tradition of the Catholic faith, The Catechism in Here is brought to you by Ascension. In 365 days, we'll read through the entire Catechism of the Catholic Church, discovering our identity in God's family as we journey together toward our heavenly home. This is day eight. We're reading paragraphs 59 to 64, how God chooses Abraham. He forms his people, Israel. He purifies and shapes the people through the prophets and through the covenants. A few reminders before we get started. Um, as we get started, I'm using the Ascension edition of the Catechism, which includes the Foundation of Faith approach, but you can follow along with any recent version of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Also, you can follow along with our reading plan by visiting ascensionpress.com CIY. Also, you can click follow up, subscribe to listen to your podcast, this podcast, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You can do that today. You know, it's day eight, and one of the things that we, ah, uh, I don't know, I don't know what your experience has been. Because it's kind of almost like I don't how how would I say this? It kind of feels like a little bit of slow going. It kind of feels like remember how if you went through the Bible in a year, one of the things that we we went through was was just like okay, yeah, I'm hearing that same story again. Okay, here's the same story again. Like remember when we had uh, Numbers and Deuteronomy at the same time, and it was like okay, wait, you just you just told the exact same thing. Okay, uh, when are you going to get to like the next thing? And this is kind of what we're at right now today. You know, yesterday, today, and tomorrow are in the section of the catechism we're at on um, Rev- revelation. Is the stages of revelation? So yesterday was the beginning, right? So God made him, makes Himself known through creation. God makes Himself known to Adam and Eve, and then there's this break. You know, obviously the fall, and then we talked about how God made Himself known to Noah and established that covenant with Noah. Now today we're going to go and talk about how God chooses Abraham, reveals Himself to Abraham and to the prophets. And then to um, through the prophets, and then to like to create the people of God. Tomorrow is the fullness, right? The fullness of revelation. Who is Jesus? Who's not a? Is not a what? Is a who? And the fullness of God's revelation is Jesus, and coming to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So, so these stages of revelation, it can kind of sometimes maybe uh, seem a little bit redundant, a little bit slow, but we want to take our time in some ways because that's what God is doing. We're going to find out that uh, God takes it's slow, right? There are stages of revelation. He made himself known in the beginning, Adam and Eve. Uh, he made himself known to Noah, and co- a covenant with them. He makes himself known to Abraham and to David and to, to the people of Israel through the prophets. And then of course, God makes himself fully known to us through Jesus. We're going to find out more about that today, or be reminded of that today, if we already knew that. So, Let's uh, let's just pray right now as we begin to know that, okay, God, you make yourself known in stages, not only in, in kind of meta stages that or macro stages, but also in our lives. I mean, think about this for yourself. Think about how God has made himself known over the Bible and here. Think of how God has made himself known even over these last seven days here on day eight. Think of how God has made himself known even in your life. What you know about God or who you know God to be right now is not the same as you knew God to be when you were you know, as a teenager, maybe in your early 20s, or however however old you are. God reveals himself in stages, not only in the macro level, but also in our own hearts and our own lives. And so we just pray, Father in heaven, you, you call us into being, and you reveal yourself to us because you want us to know you. You want us to have a relationship with you. This, this knowledge of you is oriented towards relationship. And so one of the messages, one of the things that you remind us of as you continue to reveal yourself is you remind us of hope. The hope that regardless of whatever stage we're at right now in our knowing you, in our following you, is that you remind us to not give up. You remind us that you are not going to give up. You remind us that you reveal the deepest part of your heart to us. And so we just have to keep walking like those patriarchs, like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, like their wives and like their children, like the prophets. And of course, like our Lord Jesus, who continued to walk even when walking was difficult, even when he was weighed down by the cross that was meant for us that he carried for us lord god give us give us the hope to not stop walking especially when we when things are darkest help us to have the hope to continue to know that when we're walking you are walking with us give us hope to conquer discouragement give us hope to conquer despair we make this prayer in the mighty name of jesus christ our lord in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen okay so so here we are day eight Reading paragraphs 59 through 64. God chooses Abraham. In order to gather together scattered humanity, God calls Abram from his country, his kindred, and his father's house, and makes him Abraham, that is, the father of a multitude of nations. In you, he said, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. The people descended from Abraham would be the trustees of the promise made to the patriarchs, the chosen people, called to prepare for that day when God would gather all his children into the unity of the church. They would be the root onto which the Gentiles would be grafted once they came to believe. The patriarchs, prophets, and certain other Old Testament figures have been and always will be honored as saints in all the church's liturgical traditions. God forms his people Israel. After the patriarchs, God formed Israel as his people by freeing them from slavery in Egypt. He established with them the covenant of Mount Sinai and through Moses gave them his law so that they would recognize him and serve him as the one living and true God, the provident father and just judge, and so that they would look for the promised savior. Israel is the priestly people of God called by the name of the Lord and to whom the Lord our God spoke first the people of elder brethren in the faith of Abraham. Through the prophets, God forms his people in the hope of salvation, in the expectation of a new and everlasting covenant intended for all to be written on their hearts. The prophets proclaim a radical redemption of the people of God, purification from all their infidelities, a salvation which will include all the nations. Above all, the poor and humble of the Lord will bear this hope. Such holy women as Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Miriam, Deborah, Hannah, Judith, and Esther kept alive the hope of Israel's salvation. The purest figure among them is Mary. Okay, so here we are on day eight. We have these few paragraphs, and I just, I love this. I maybe... Maybe I get a little too over over the top a little bit because, but it feels like we're getting some traction. I might I might have mentioned this before. It sometimes feels well, I know I did just a second ago. It sometimes feels like um, gets slow going, but the great reminder is these are people. This is a story that we know. Again, if we've walked through the Bible in a year, we know this. We know how God chose Abram. The whole story of the book of Genesis, I mean, again, if, if you went through the Bible in a year last year or the year before um, or or ever, that was maybe a long time ago. If you're reading this concurrently, if you're listening to this concurrently with the Bible in a year this year, that's a whole nother thing and you're probably getting that story of Abraham and getting that story of how God is is going in stages. We talked about this yesterday, the divine pedagogy, right? The way he teaches, the way he leads us and leads us to himself is bit by bit. And so here we have the story of God calling Abram from his country, his kindred, and his father's house. And he makes him Abraham, right? That is the father of a multitude of nations. But I love this because it, uh, the catechism highlights this. The, the people descended from Abraham would be the trustees of that promise made to the patriarchs, right? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the chosen people, called to prepare for that day when God would gather all his children into the unity of the church. And this is one of the things we recognize. I mean, hopefully we all know this, but we know that Jesus didn't found a new religion, right? In so many, so many ways, he fulfilled the old covenant. Yes, he established the new and everlasting covenant, but in a very real way, we can say that here is Jesus who was the one. And he did the thing that God had been preparing his people to expect, to look forward to, and to hope for. And that was the key word, right? And in paragraph 64, it says, through the prophets, God forms his people in the hope of salvation, in the expectation of a new and everlasting covenant intended for all to be written on their hearts. And you think about this, we are living in that age, right? Even the catechism is coming to us. The Bible came to us in that age. The New Testament was written in the age of the church. And so we recognize that, man, All of that story of the Hebrew scriptures, all that story of the Old Testament, all that story of here's Abraham and the patriarchs and the prophets, it's just, it's pointed to where we're living right now, which is remarkable. So again, this bit by bit stages of revelation, but I want to highlight a couple other things. One in paragraph 61. It notes that the patriarchs, prophets, and certain other Old Testament figures have been and always will be honored as saints. And now we don't say like, you know, St. Abraham or St. Sarah. We don't say St. Deborah or St. David. We But we recognize that that when it comes to, I guess we might say it like this, A, in our hearts, we recognize that those figures of the Old Covenant, those figures in the Old Testament, not all of them, but the heroes, Right. We know that we recognize them in our hearts as saints, but also in the church's liturgical traditions. So when it comes to our understanding of the communion of saints, the letter to the Hebrews chapter 11 talks about these people who have gone before us. They are the cloud of witnesses that surround us. And so, yeah, we honor them. As, as saints, even though um, we don't have, you know, ST, capital ST period before their names. I love this, um, the next stage, right? Here's Abraham, the patriarchs. After the patriarchs, God formed Israel as his people by freeing them from slavery in Egypt, the Exodus. And so he established a covenant in Moses. And this is one of those things. And not only is setting them free from slavery in Egypt, but leading them through the wilderness, leading them into the promised land. And we can recognize that what the catechism is pointing out is the thing that the Bible keeps pointing out. And that is... These stages of revelation are happening in real life, right? They're happening in real time. I mean, just just stop to think about that for, for a moment. After the book of Joshua, as God led his people, again, out of slavery in Egypt through the wilderness across the Jordan River, and here they are in the book of Joshua coming into the promised land, and after the book of Joshua, you have this book of Judges where things are just chaotic. Remember that tagline that kept going back to, in those days, there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And you think, gosh, Lord, couldn't you have just you know, sped things up? But this is generations upon generations of people who are getting to know God slowly, like just bit by bit. That was as nations are being formed, as as wars are being fought, as lives are being lived, as people are getting married and they're having children and they're experiencing tragedy and they're experiencing triumph and they're dying and the next generation comes. Here is God who just is moving so slowly because he's moving in time. And he's moving slowly for our sake. And this is the crazy thing. God's moving slowly for our sake. And I often wondered why. Here's my theory. When it comes to how God has moved so slowly, it's be, I think it's because of this. I think it's because if God revealed himself all at once in this massively overwhelming way, I don't know if we'd be free to say yes or no to him. You know, if God just, you know, if you think about this, even in terms of if God were to do this to us right now, like, you know, every year on whatever day of the year, God just makes himself completely known so that no one would be able to say he doesn't exist. You know that, so that God just makes himself absolutely clearly known. And he says, "Here who, I, here's who I am. Yes, I am the God of the Jewish people fulfilled in Christianity. I established the Catholic church, you know, all these kind of things. And he just made that very, very clear. Like, why doesn't he do that? Because then we wouldn't have to worry about, um, Who doesn't know the Lord or, or people who wrestle with atheism. I wonder if God doesn't do that because it's more important to God that we believe him rather than simply believe in him. What I mean by that is more important to God that I wonder, I wonder that it's more important to God that we trust him than we simply believe that he exists. And so God moves slowly. So we actually retain the freedom to deny him. We retain the freedom to reject him. And we retain the freedom to love him. That our love isn't based out of this servile fear of, yeah, he shows himself every single year. And uh, yeah, who'd want to reject him? Because that's horrible. Maybe you wouldn't be free to reject him. But if we're not free to reject him, maybe we also wouldn't be free to love him. So God, what does he do? He reveals himself in stages, and here's the last thing I love this. And paragraph 64. remember this is right before tomorrow, tomorrow we're going to talk about how Jesus is the mediator and fullness of all revelation. At the end of this, paragraph 64 it talks about how not only do the prophets give us a hope for salvation, an expectation of the new and everlasting covenant for everyone, not just for the Jewish people, but for the, every person in the entire world. He also talks about how there's a radical redemption of the people of God, like a purification of our hearts that will have new hearts. Every one of us, all the nations, every race, every culture, every, every people, every language, every person has the potential, the capacity to have this new heart. And I love how the church says, above all, the poor and humble of the Lord will bear this hope. And it points specifically to the holy women like Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Miriam, Deborah, Hannah, Judith, Esther, and above all, Mary. I love. Uh, there's a there's a blessing. This is the last thing. That is second to last thing before. This is the last thing for real <laughs> In um, a Catholic wedding rite, there's a thing called the nuptial blessing, and as part of the nuptial blessing, there's a special blessing upon the bride, and it says you just essentially you know may God bless her. May she be like those women whose praises are sung throughout the scriptures. May she be like those holy women whose praises are sung throughout the scriptures. And some of those women here have been named. Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Miriam, Deborah, Hannah, Judith, Esther, above all, Mary. I think you know those names. And you know those people. You know that many of them experienced great suffering, great sadness, great loss in their lives, but also great bravery. They experienced, expressed great strength. They lived with great grace. I just think, what a gift. What a gift, but they were the poor and humble of the Lord, as were many of their husbands, as were many of their family members and the people around them. But God works through the poor and the humble, those who are willing to bear the hope, even in the midst of bit by bit, stage by stage, God revealing himself. God has taken so much time to reveal himself that we just have to say, okay, God, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Not only, again, as you said at the beginning of this day, in the macro way over the course of 4,000 years here, from the beginning of your revelation to Abraham, to this moment, but also in our own lives. And so we just have to pray for openness to that because God keeps revealing himself to us. He keeps revealing himself to us in little ways, in these micro ways, in the ways that change our hearts. And so God, please help us all to have hearts open to you, minds that want to know you so we can have a relationship with you. I'm praying for that. I'm praying for that for you. And please pray for me. My name is Father Mike. I cannot wait to see you tomorrow. God bless.